You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Happy draft day, everybody. Matt Miguez here. Welcome into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Hope you enjoyed that Astros game, the 3-2 victory. Man, for a while, it didn't seem like anybody was going to score. It wasn't until the 7th that Jordan Alvarez hit an RBI single to score Chaz McCormick to make it one nothing, and then King Tuck. Kyle Tucker delivers a pinch hit, two-run homer to make it 3-1 to one in the 8th, and that really sealed the deal. I mean, the Rangers were able to get one in the ninth on a Corey Seager solo shot. But just wasn't enough to, to overcome the Houston Astros. The Astros winning their third straight of this series. They take the series three games to one with the Texas Rangers. And they are back above 500 at 10 and 9 on the year. The Rangers falling to 6 and 13. They're just 2 and 8. Eight at home. Two and eight. That is not a good home record. Uh, Justin Verlander going seven complete, four hits, one earned. He gets eight Ks in the contest. Blake Taylor getting one inning of work in as well. And then Rafael Montero coming in to seal the deal with a full inning of work in the ninth to win it for the Houston Astros once again by the final score of 3-2. to two. It's draft day. Saints have two picks in the first round. We've talked about it ad nauseum. It's time for something to give. You got 16, you got 19. Analysts are talking about the Saints trading up. I'd I, I can't believe anything right now. I just, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's my Saints skepticism. Maybe it's, you know, history repeating itself. I don't really know. Again, the conversation of the Saints drafting a quarterback, it just, it can't happen. It can't happen. Draft one in the second round, draft one in the third, I don't give a damn. If you draft one at 16 or 19, mark my words, Tomorrow's show is going to be, there, there's going to be a rant in the first segment because that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. No reason to draft a quarterback in the first round this year after re-signing Jameis to a two-year, nearly $30 million deal and then go and get a serviceable backup. Not to mention, you drafted a QB last year. Why do you need to do it again? We'll also talk about Cajuns baseball as they prepare for their weekend series with App State. Cajuns softball getting a win last night at home against Houston, 5-1. to one. We'll talk about LSU baseball before their big series with Georgia at Alex Box. I mean, that series could go a incredibly long way for them. Let's see, we'll go over Mesh's mock draft, 3.0, and then... You ready for this? At 5.30, 
James and I are going to make our own first round mock draft. We split the teams up evenly between the two of us, and we're going to go back and forth and make our own draft for the first round live on the air. So that'll be fun. Game hotline open as always, 706-0111 if you want to chime into the show. And here in Acadiana, you can watch the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 here on LUS Fiber. Poll question of the day. This one's a fun one. We're, we're doing our own game draft. Who would you pick first? Would it be me, Miguez, the quarterback? Would it be James Mesh, the athlete of the group? Hannah Five Names, playing DB. Or the big, bald, beautiful one up front on the O-line? So far, 20% say Miguez, 30% say Mesh, 30% say Five Names, and 20% say RP3. And then on Facebook, we have a comment from our good guy, Robert Duplachin, who says, we need O-line help. So the big guy, it is. Poll question from this morning on RP3 and Company, rather interesting. What are you watching tonight? Is it the draft? Is it the Suns and Pelicans playing in a game six? Is it both? Is it neither? James, what are you watching tonight? I'm looking to watch the Pelicans game and just get the updates on my phone. Well, well, first of all, but before we dive deeper into that, mm-hmm. hello, James. How you doing, Matt? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Doing all right. You look a little stressed over there. You all right? Uh. Uh, we figured it out. System's giving you issues? Just a little bit. Yeah. As it usually does. <laughs> right. Now, you're, we're, we're going to tease your mock draft a little bit. You, you, had some, you had some surprises in there. Yeah, I threw a lot of curveballs. <laughs> there, there was a lot of wrenches thrown in there. <laughs> oh. uh, was, that, was that 2 a.m. brain talking or... You know, you got some reasons behind that. There is some reasoning, yes. There there definitely is some reasoning. I I don't know how to explain it because, I mean, I'm just kind of basing it off reports that I'm seeing. Not necessarily, because I did get s- some, like, kind of interesting info where, I mean, sometimes, look, a, Q- a GM will see, obviously, like, hey, look, I understand our defensive tackle. Not not a good room, but man, we make a strength even stronger in like a wide receiver room. And sometimes you just got to go for it. You right. know what I mean? Right. So you like and and I try to look at tendencies. Like obviously, Eagles could always use a linebacker because their linebackers are usually not that good. But they've only drafted two linebackers in the first round since 1986. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. They drafted Marcus Smith in twenty fourteen and then the other one was in nineteen eighty six. I obviously don't I don't remember his name, but I remember looking at it because I, I was seeing Eagles fans on Twitter 
making the joke like, <laughs> we don't pick linebackers. <laughs> so I was like, oh, let's let's see how true that is. I'm like, wide receiver, quarterback, lineman, defensive lineman, corner. Just it just kept going. I'm like, wow, they really don't pick line. They really don't pick linebackers. Look, dude, I'm gonna tell you right now. If the Saints draft Chris Olave tonight, uh-huh. I'm buying his jersey tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, live on air. Wait, I, wait till you get on air and then buy it. Yeah, I, w- I will. Live on air. Um, that just that would to me, and and I I don't know if it's you know history repeating itself, and with Michael Thomas just working out so well for us from Ohio State, but something about an Ohio State receiver. Like, I just want every bit of it. Even Garrett Wilson. Like, Garrett Wilson. If we draft him, I'd buy his jersey. Like, even Pete Warner. Like, that's just... Pete, Pete Werner, Ohio yep. State linebacker in the second round. He's worked out so far. Malcolm Jenkins. Ted Ginn when you signed Ted him. Ted Ginn. When you signed him. Yeah, I mean... Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore. Ohio State guys work out for the Saints. Von Bell. They do. Every time. Every time they work out. Um, John Paul Cajun Daddy comes in on Twitter and says RP3. And he has like four threes. I'm not quite sure why the many threes. But the, the, point, is, the point is noted that uh, his, his choice is RP3. I think he's... I th- I call me crazy, but I think he wants RP3 as his How am I in last place? <laughs> How am I in last place? I think I think the way people are voting is looking at it as a Saints need. You know what I mean? Like they're looking at it as the Saints roster. The way the way I saw it was how are you building your team? Like how are you go- like le- like this was a hard reset. And like you're, this is almost kind of like a fantasy mock draft. Well, then why did I get put at quarterback? Because you have the strongest arm. You you can throw the farthest. Whatever. I thought athlete would have been more appealing since you could put me at running back and receiver. Well, that's why you tied for the lead. I know, but I thought I I don't understand how five names is and RP three tied with me. Well, RP three because we need a line. But that's that's the thought. That's why I was I the way I thought of it as when we did the question was, you would have, like you're kind of starting your team with this. You know what I mean? Right. Like this is your first piece. Like yeah, this is kind of like your your seven v seven. Right. Brand new team. Like this is your. Do you want? Your do you want the? Piece. Do you want the young, flexible piece? Do you want? The slightly older quarterback? Do you want a defensive back who just started football? Or do you want just the big man to play offensive line? Right. That's the way I saw it. And I was like, uh, I didn't want to say I was going to run away with it, but I thought, I mean, if I'm the youngest one and played the most football, I don't know. I, you ready? You ready for this? What's that? Jeff Asher. April 28, 2011. The Saints have two first-round picks that same night, the same night that Chris Paul loses a Game 6 playoff game in New Orleans. April 28, 2022. The Saints have two first-round picks the same night that Chris Paul loses a Game 6 playoff game in New Orleans. Yeah, that, that was close to a tweet whenever it was 
Yeah, it was Cam and Mark, but that was game six against the Lakers when we yeah. talked about 98 to 80. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, that was Chris Paul when he was he's, still he's, with the Hornets. He, he's speaking it into existence. That Chris I Paul mean, that's another lose. that's another way to look at it. That's definitely another way to look at it. One of these is going to be true. One of them are going to lose, whether it's the New Orleans team or CP3. Right, right. So one of the one of these two tweets is going to be correct. We've got a great show today. The voice of the Cajuns, Jay Walker, will join us for his weekly Cajun segment. And then at 5.15, Dale Siri, the head coach of Notre Dame softball, will join us before their semifinal matchup tomorrow in Broussard. Let's take a timeout. And when we return, we'll talk Mesh's mock draft here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, the Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. We're like kids in candy stores today. It is draft day. I woke up this morning and had pancakes for breakfast. That's not true. That that is that is false information. Uh, I did not have pancakes for breakfast. Ray is taking the lead. Has he really? Oh, my God. Dang it, Ray. Dang it, Ray. Anyways, so this draft is going to be, in my opinion, this is one of the most interesting drafts that we've had in a few years. Because you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, number one isn't even a lock. Because you still got some people saying Aiden Hutchinson. But then you got people saying Trevon Walt, like there's no guaranteed pick. And that's the thing is Shao Khan, the the owner for the Jags, he, he wants, said he wants Hutchinson. He wants Hutchinson, but the GM for the Jags is hell bent on it's, getting Trayvon Walker. The, <laughs> this is going to be the craziest draft. But do you know what's you know what's interesting? Is the NFL made a post obviously about it and made like a little cartoon graphic. Right. And there were five players in that picture. Was Trayvon Walker not in it? Trayvon Walker was not in it. Interesting. Aiden Hutchinson was right in the middle, and then you see Malik Willis just off to his left. Sauce Gardner. Sauce was all the way to the right. Who was on? The, someone was on the left. Let me let me look at it real quick. I should have had it pulled up. It's what? Is that Guan Wu in it? It's okay. So Kayvon Thibodeau is far left. Okay. Willis is just to his right. Hudson in the middle. Garrett Wilson just Garrett Wilson. just to Hutchinson's right, and then Gardner far right. So are they trying to say that's going to be the top five? Is is this a rigged <laughs> is this a rigged situation? Are they literally telling us who the top five are? Right. Like, hey, it's already decided. This is what it's going to be. Hey, by the way, Malik Willis at two. Oh God. Oh God. Please no. Please no. But I want to go through your mock draft because it's interesting. It's very, it's very interesting. I, I'll tell you right now, I don't expect 
half of your picks to be right. Well, I, the most most people get are like eight, and that's because like the first five are usually guaranteed. Right, but so, not this year. So yeah, uh, I'll be happy if I get like three or four right on the money. All right, so first overall, you have Trayvon Walker. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, the, the owner should be able to outrule him, but. And it feels like Shao Kahn should be able to overrule and say, I want Hutchinson, but I mean, it kind of does come down to it, and maybe the, it is Trayvon Walker. The GM's the one that turns in the ticket. The GM is so, the one who makes the, the pick. So, you you, you say that Shao Kahn could have a say in it, but, and, and, and I, I get that. I mean, he's the owner of the team, right? He's the boss of the GM, but at the same time, he hired the general manager and to trust do him. his job. Exactly. So plus, plus, Shao Kahn has never come up as like a like a Jerry Jones where he just takes over. Right. He he's not he's not owner and GM. Like he kind of Jerry Jones wishes he yeah, could be. Like Shao Kahn kind of seems more of the passive type to kind of be like, look, I I trust you to do your job. Right. I have a preference on who I'd like, and I would hope you would make it, but I'm not going to fire you because you. <laughs> didn't take right, right. Take my guy. So then at number two, Detroit gets their hometown golden boy in Aiden Hutchinson. Oh yeah. Third, you've got the Texans taking Ikem Aquan Equanwu. Yeah, icky, big from icky. from North Carolina State. Dude's a behemoth of a man. He is just massive. Yeah, he's he's big overall. I thought he would initially. I thought he was going to be like that six seven, six eight, like Evan Neal, but yeah. He's only six four, so that's the that's the funny thing is with the Houston Texans. But what's his uh, weight at three thirty? Yeah, it's about that. Yeah. But the funny thing is about the Texans' offensive line situation right now. Most of them are supposed to be tackles. That's the funny part, which is why you saw me put like Sauce Gardner there and Kyle Hamilton initially because it was like, look, you could use help at O line, no doubt. Don't get me wrong, you could definitely use help. But corner and safety, they both suck. Right. So you could definitely use some help. Literally the whole defense sucks for the Texans because <laughs> none of they've they've gotten rid of their linebackers. They traded Bradley Roby. They don't have a good overall corner per se. And they also got rid of their safeties. Yeah, and they've also gotten rid of their edge over the years because they don't have Jadavian and they don't have JJ Watt. But a lot of people are thinking Ikim or Icky, and I'm not mad at it. Some people recently have kind of changed it to Sauce. But what's funny is about there's only been a handful, literally like five or six corners that have been taken in the top five ever, and only one of them was taken top three. Do I think Sauce deserves to be top three? Yeah, but the likelihood of him right. being there because it's like three times it's been top five, two times it's been top the the number four, and then there's only been one guy that's picked number three. So I thought it could happen, but the fact that Justin Britt is literally six six and is supposed to be a tackle, he's literally playing center. They they only have three guards. And the only one that I know of is AJ Cannon. He's not even that good. And the tackles are all bad, obviously, except Laramie Tunsil. Right. So if, if who, by the way, 
is selling that, his gas mask from six years ago. Yeah, he's selling that video as an NFT. Jesus Christ. That's money making moves. The Jets at four take Sauce Gardner. No surprise there. Yeah, it feels like if he's not going to be taken at three, you might as well take him at four. The only problem is that I have with Sauce being at four, or at least to the Jets, I should say, is the fact that if you look at the age of all their quarters. Yeah, everybody's 25 or younger. Everybody's 25 and younger except Justin Hardy, who's 28. But he is a special teamer right? because he played with the Saints. He was a pro bowler as a as a special teamer. So it feels weird to take Sauce. They're definitely – it's almost kind of like a 50-50 in my eyes for them to either take Kayvon Thibodeau or Sauce. But I, I guess I just lean towards Sauce because just the corners and the safeties as a whole need help. Their whole secondary. Yep. They're not as needy on the defensive line because they have three, three I would say, good or decent at least pass rushers on the edges. And then obviously their two anchors in the middle are Sheldon Rankins and Quinnen Williams, who they just picked up their fifth-year option for. Right. So... It didn't feel like they absolutely needed to get Kayvon Thibodeau there. And they don't really draft Oregon players all that much. So right. I thought, well, why not just get the the really good corner? The Giants take Charles Cross, which is... Which would have been Evan Neal. But because uh, because I'm hearing that, he's, that, he's, that he failed the physical, the medical test came out, and the fact that he's falling on many boards makes me think he's going to take a good bit of a tumble. That's fine. So that's fine. Not to mention, a, Giants. Giants love SEC players. And I'm gonna tell you my logic when we get there. At six, Carolina takes Kenny Pickett. No surprise. Yeah, they 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 literally told they're, Sam Darnold, "Hey, we may draft a QB." They're, they're set on they're set on drafting Kenny Pickett. I think. I, I think they will end up taking Pickett there. Uh, seven, Derek Stingley Jr. Again, no love LSU, there. love SEC. They need a corner. I'm still I'm surprised by this one because I've seen a lot of mock drafts having him fall. You still have Atlanta taking Malik Willis. Why? I feel like it's a bridge type of thing. You get rid of Matt Ryan. You, I don't think you would have gotten rid of him if you didn't see yourself getting the QB of the future in this year. You know what I mean? You thought you had a chance with Deshaun Watson. You were in it for a while. But it didn't happen. You see, I see them moving back last minute. I see them moving back last minute and taking like a guard or something and then drafting a QB next year. I I definitely could see it because I, I definitely did consider them taking like Jamison or somebody because they do love Alabama receivers. Yeah. But my thought is you're going to get Calvin Ridley back next year. Cordero is coming back. You have the ability to, and with both Cordero and Kyle, that you can flip-flop whether they play tight end or receiver or running back or receiver. Right. Plus, you got Mike Davis, who is decent at running back. It's not bad, but they do have some options, and you don't necessarily have to take a wide receiver right now. And the offensive line, it's not great, but it, it doesn't feel like it's that much of a need. If you're right. going to take somebody, at that point, just take Kayvon Thibodeau at eight. At nine. And, 
Seattle takes Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't believe. See, and the thing is with with Thibodeau and the Seahawks, he had revealed the people that he had, the teams that he had talked to last minute. And it was the Jets, the Giants, the Texans, the Eagles, and like one or two other teams. So I expect one of them to trade up. Like I, I expect the Eagles to trade up and trade like 18 and something else or 15 and something else to get into the and to get like with Atlanta or get with Seattle and take Kayvon and then still have their other first round pick to draft like Jamison or somebody. I could see that. The Jets at 10 take Drake London out of USC, which is interesting because you you go you go Sauce Gardner, Drake London. Those are two huge pieces to fill some major holes that the Jets have. That's intriguing. It is. They they drafted Corey Davis. Or no, they didn't draft Corey Davis. That was the Titans. They picked up Corey Davis, but he's an okay piece. Braxton Berrios, he had a career year, but that's not really saying much. Right. They got Elijah Moore last year. The only thing is, the way I see it, because we're hearing that ain't no way 49ers are training Debo. But then, it's not completely off the table. You could see something happen at the 10 pick, and they actually make the they make the, uh, they make the trade. So, the Jets get Debo. So then, the 49ers come in and get a wide receiver to replace him. Yeah. Which could be Drake London because he's not super fast, but he's able to get open. So do you see Debo getting traded tonight? I think it's I think it is a possibility. Hmm. I'm not going to say outright, but I do think it is a possibility because first they were saying, "Oh, there's only there's three teams." Like I said the Jets cuz I had talked about it from the right. jump. I said the Jets would be the most likely thing. They are the front runners, and then it was two other teams, but they didn't feel really realistic because I think they were both NFC. So I feel like it would have been even more you would have had to give it up. And it's right. like, well, I don't want Debo if he's just going to have a... If we're going to pay for him being a hybrid role and he just doesn't want to play a hybrid role for us. So that right, doesn't right. make sense. But with the Jets, I think it could happen. The I remember seeing one report saying they're the front runners. Then they're saying, ain't no way he's getting traded. And then they're like, well, actually, there's still a possibility. So... I don't completely know. I still right. think it is a possibility. I think it's still up in the air if the Jets make it sweet enough to where the 49ers can't resist because it's like, look, he doesn't really want to be here. We literally saw a video of him in the club being like, uh-uh, right. I ain't staying. At 11, the commanders get a steal and take Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Absolutely. The commanders usually take front seven people, but – the fact that if Kyle Hamilton's still sitting there, I mean, Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying it. is like if somebody falls in your lap, right? I get it. You don't usually take that position that early, but you need somebody to replace Landon Collins because you released him. You don't right. really have anybody, and if if he's going to be that good, he's still a defensive piece, and you love taking defense in the first round. So Minnesota takes Trent McDuffie out of Washington. I like that pick. I like that pick. I like it too. It's. They they desperately need a corner. Yeah. Because they do. other than Patrick Peterson, they have Deshaun Hand and they have Cameron Dantzler. I mean, who the hell is 
<laughs> Cameron Hand. Or who is Cameron? I, I remember Cameron Dancer. He's an underperforming first-round pick. Right. And who the hell is Desmond Hand? I've literally never heard of the guy. And the other and the other two corners, they only have five on the roster. They need, they need some competition in that room. And just taking the top available, if Stingley and Sauce are not available there at 12, just take the top available one. Otherwise, trade back. They t- The Seahawks and the Vikings are teams that tend to trade back in the draft. At 13, you got Jermaine Johnson going to the Texans from Florida State. Again, that's an easy pick. They yeah, he's need, been they he, need edge depth. You you notice trends like some of them the stock has been going down because nobody's talking about them, but then there are some that are going all the way up. Like I had told you this before the show, Jermaine Johnson, I initially had him going like mid to late twenties, right? But he's shooting up boards. But he's shooting up boards, and I even saw a report saying that don't be surprised if he goes top five. So if that's the case, let's say Thibodeau goes four, right. Number five, the Giants take Jermaine Johnson. Yep. Could see it. I could see it. The Ravens take Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. I mean, who doesn't need a center? Yeah, I mean, not really the Saints. But, I mean, a center does not hurt because they're two centers that they have on the roster. Neither of them are graded really well. And they both, this is their final year of their contract. So Interesting. Yep. Neither of them are good. Makes sense. Expires. Tyler Linderbaum, the Ravens tend to take position that they need, not necessarily take certain positions and because they value them more. They just take, hey, you're the best available player at the position that we really need, and you're right. kind of there for us. Let's take you. And then at 15, Jameson Williams to the Eagles. Yes. the People are thinking that there's going to be a lot of wide receivers off the board. There definitely is a good possibility, but... I think people are going to hit more on the tackles and the edge rushers initially. Which and I still th- and it's also because the fact that Malik Willis isn't falling, which doesn't bode well for the Saints. But you know, yeah, you you see that. But I mean, Jamison feels like it's very good because he had talked to Eagles reporters saying, "Hey, Eagles are telling me that they're going to take me if I'm available." Right. At 15, or if if I'm available at one of their picks, they're going to take me. Right. Which that's another thing is they may trade up to nine or 10 just to grab Jameson and get it over with. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. They're a run heavy. They're a run heavy team, but their only good receiver is Devontae Smith. Right. Everybody else has been I mean, bust. Aguilar. They're actually, they're, they're trying to trade. Well, Aguilar is on the Patriots. Oh, he, I didn't realize he moved. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he had went, to the Raiders and then to the Patriots. But they did draft him in 2015, but he hasn't worked out, and he's on the Patriots now. But it was Jalen Rager and J.J. Oh, Ortega Rager. Yeah. They're lo- They're actually looking to trade Jalen Rager if they could. That might be a part of a deal to trade up. We'll see. The draft's going to get interesting. We'll go through 16 and 30 through 32 a little later on in the show. Let's take a timeout. And when we return, the longtime voice of the Cajuns, Mr. Jay Walker, is going to join us for the first ever edition the Cajuns Corner, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. 
Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Etouffee Festival returns to Arneville this weekend, April 29th to Sunday, May 1st. The festival features carnival rides, food, bingo, live musical entertainment from Jamie Bajer on the Kick and Cajuns, Chubby Carrier and the Bayou Swamp Band, and Clay Carmier and the Highway Boys, just to name a few. In addition to the music and rides, there is the Mayor's Cook-Off Contest on Saturday, the Etouffee 5K, and a car show on Sunday. For more information, visit www.arnevillecatholic.org slash etouffee-festival. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Louisiana Rage Cajuns baseball team is back on the road, this time in beautiful Boone, North Carolina, after outscoring Georgia State 25-9 last weekend in a three-game set in Atlanta. They're going to look to do it again against a Sunbelt team that, for lack of better words, isn't very good. It's time to lock ourselves inside the Cajuns' corner. Going deep downfield, he's got a receiver, it's caught! Touchdown, Louisiana! Can't get enough of the vermilion and white? Then you're in luck. Here is the Cajuns' corner with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Jay Walker, welcome to the Cajuns' corner. How are you? <laughs> I'm in beautiful Boone. It can't get any better. I see that's that's one place on my sports bucket list that I am dying to go. I you know what I think that uh, I think everybody ought to ought to come to Appalachian State at least one time specifically for football. Um, the, the game day atmosphere at App State is outstanding, and uh, and the people are great. Um, I like coming up here. Now I don't like coming up here if it's ten degrees and snowy, but. Um, you know, as long as the weather's okay, I enjoy coming to Boone. Well, what's the, what's the weather right now at the end of April? Well, today it's gorgeous. All right, it's uh, it's about sixty five degrees. Um, Humidity is very low. Uh, now the weather is supposed to deteriorate this weekend, and uh, I'm going to be interested to play to see just how much baseball we get to play. Um, if I had to guess, and this is just a guess. I I think you're going to see us play a doubleheader one day, one of the days. Now, which one, I don't know. Interesting. Um, but we'll see. Interesting. All right, Jay. The Cajuns outscored the Panthers this past weekend 25-9. to That's got to give you plenty of momentum going into a series with App State, a series which, I mean, the, the mindset's got to be go for the sweep and take two out of three in the process, right? Well, I think the mindset is win on Friday. You know, I, 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 I don't think that teams and coaches go into series saying, oh, boy, we got to go for a sweep. I think they, they worry about it one game at a time, which is what you're supposed to do. And, you know, I, I heard you say that App is not very good, and they're certainly not one of the teams that's, gonna, that's, that's vying for much of anything. But, you know, Georgia Southern's only lost four games in conference play, and one of them was to App State here in Boone. So it's not like they don't have any capabilities. Um, you're going to see the, the Cajuns are going to see some decent pitching. 
Tyler Tuthill is a guy who honestly last year at the conference tournament tied the Cajuns at knots until, uh, I don't know, the seventh or eighth inning. Ben Fitzgerald hit a grand slam off him that made it a, a 7-2 to two game, but it was a 3-2 game late, and Tuthill will pitch um, tomorrow night. Now, his numbers aren't great, but I went ahead and looked inside his numbers, and his last five starts, his ERA is about 3.5. So you can't come into App State thinking you're going to throw your glove on the field and they're going to fold because they're not. And I think their Friday and Saturday guys have pitched well enough lately to where the Cajuns better go out and play well. Chatting with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker. All right, Jay, I got to talk to Matt Deggs earlier this week, and I asked him about the lineup changes last weekend. You know, putting Connor Kemp lead off really seemed to work out. I mean, Kemp hit 400 with with two home runs and, and four RBIs. Now, do you expect to see a, a similar lineup, or are, are you expecting you know back to the traditional Marshak uh, Robertson? No, I you know I think there's a reason. There are a few reasons why he made the changes that he did. Um, I think that part of that was predicated uh, with, first of all, getting Debo out of the three-hole. Okay, Kyle DeBarge had been struggling. He tried him in the leadoff spot. That didn't quite work out, so he dropped him down. But I, but I think he likes Kimple in that leadoff spot, and I think Kimple likes Kimple in that leadoff spot. The other thing you do with that by putting Marshak in the two-hole now you can put Robertson behind Rockefort and give Rocco some protection because he was starting to get walked intentionally. You know, I'm not going to say on a regular basis, but uh, it, was, it was starting to happen, I think, more than the Cajuns would like. So it wasn't just about putting Kimple in the leadoff spot. It, it was really about adjusting those first six spots in the lineup uh, to, give, uh, to take a little bit of pressure off the barge and also to give Rockefort some protection in the lineup. In answer to your question, yeah, I expect him to continue it. Now, with Tuthill being a left-hander, I would think you're going to see Jonathan Brandon probably in the lineup, as opposed to C.J. Willis, who was in the lineup Saturday and Sunday. But other than that, yeah, I think you're going to see pretty much the same lineup, and I'm going to say pretty much the same order. Now, Will Veon is a guy that, that has kind of disappeared from from the lineup over the last couple of weeks. Is that just, uh, you know, he was struggling, or what? what's the story with that? Uh, he, yeah, he was in a pretty bad slump. And, and so he, uh, you know, the, the way that you work out of that, the way you get yourself back in the lineup is in, uh, if, they, if they enter squad, you know, you, you get something done there, or you have, round after round after round of good BP. And, and, and if you do that, then, then Deggs is going to give you another shot. But, but no, after conference play started, he was really, really struggling. And that's why, that's why he's been sitting. Um, I don't, you know, I thought, I don't think they're ready to throw him out with the bathwater. Uh, I, I think that they still have some plans uh, for him, but I think that one of the ways that you get him back in the lineup is if there's a whole, for him to fill. And right now between Brandon and Willis, that, that spot is lately has looked pretty solid 
So we'll just we'll just wait and see. I don't think we're finished seeing Bayon, but but he has been struggling, and the changes that Deggs has made, I think he likes what he sees out of Willis and Brandon. Jay Walker here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Jay, I'm looking at the Cajuns' batting statistics, and, and Carson Rockefort, I mean, his numbers are just gaudy. I mean, a 360 average, seven doubles, 10 homers. He's almost at 50 RBIs. He's got a 662 slugging percentage and a 423 on base percentage. How does this guy constantly come up for this team? Well, you know, if you ask Matt Deggs, he'll tell you that he's playing to his capabilities. Um, you know, Rocco's, he's a good ball player, Matt. And, um, He's getting everything out of himself right now. The, the thing that's impressed me about Rocco is he has not even had a mini slump this year. He has been so consistent. And um, that, that's hard to do over a 56-game schedule. And I think that's the thing that's been the most impressive. And, you know, it, it's crazy because, you know, when it's time for all-conference, where do you nominate this guy? Okay, do you nominate him as an outfielder? Well, if you nominate him as an outfielder, he might not even make first team. You know, do you nominate him as a first baseman? Do you nominate him as a utility guy? You know, it's going to be interesting to see what they decide when it's time to nominate for all conference. Because, you know, Robertson, you could nominate as a utility guy, but you could nominate him at third base. Um, But if you look at some of the outfielders' numbers in our league with uh, Wuthrich over at Texas State, with the, the Ryerson kid that we just saw mm-hmm. from, uh, from Georgia State last week, uh, the guy who's leading the league in hitting is Simmington from South Alabama. He's an outfielder. So uh, there's a lot of good outfielders in the league, but you know, Rocco really is, is going to get consideration for player of the year from some folks. And I think the category that's going to do it is the RBI category because he's still leading the league in RBI. Cajuns haven't had a 50, uh, a 50 RBI guy since 20, uh, 2016. And um, that, that, that's awfully good. 50 is a big number in, uh, in the Sun Belt Conference for RBIs, I think. So the last time the Cajuns had a 50 RBI guy was the last time the Cajuns made the postseason. Yeah. Interesting correlation there. Hint, yeah, hint. I and 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 you know maybe that's a coincidence, maybe it's not. Um, but you know, it's nice to have an alpha dog out there yeah. that um, th- that when he comes up with men on base has the attitude of, guess what? They're they're about to score. The other thing that's been great about Rockefort is he's hitting almost five hundred against left-handed pitching. And, you know, a lot of, you know, he's really the only steady left-handed hitter in the Cajun lineup. You know, Willis is getting opportunities here and there, and, and I still think you're going to see LaFleur get opportunities. But I'm, um, I'm, I'm just amazed that he's handling lefties the way he is this year. It's absolutely unreal. It really is. And he's only a sophomore. Well, he's, but he is a draft-eligible sophomore. Do you do you think this year is going to be the last we see of Carson Rodgers? No, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, with the draft only 20 rounds now, a lot of times guys that you were afraid you were going to lose to the draft, 
it's it's not as much of a fear because it's only a twenty round draft. Right. But but you look at, at the Cajuns here. Rockefeller is draft eligible. Robertson is draft eligible. Brock is draft eligible. And I know that those three guys are on the raid, at least on the radar of the scouts. Um, you know, but are they going to get taken in the first 20 rounds? Or are the big league teams going to say, you know what, we're going to keep an eye on these guys, but we're going to give them another year and, and see what they do. But, you know, let's remember if it says sophomore, it means they're probably draft eligible this year. Yeah, especially with that COVID year, for sure. Right. Exactly. Jay, you know, real quickly, App State, you know, I, I know you touched on them a little bit, talking about Tyler Tuthill and, and the way that they were able to beat Georgia Southern. I was looking at some of their the names on the roster. Luke Drumheller rings a bell from last year. Yep. What are what what can Cajun fans look for out of this team? Well, you know, I think personally, and and this is just my own personal opinion, I expected more out of this team than than what they've shown. And the reason that it hasn't happened is this team has struggled to score runs. Now, they had a good weekend last weekend uh, up in Monroe. Um, and they had double-digit hits, I think, all three games. But overall, this team has struggled offensively. They, they don't have a lot of power in their lineup. Uh, I think they've got one 300-hitter, and he's their leadoff guy who's got, like, no power whatsoever. Their their issue has been their offense. Uh, they're okay defensively. They're not not great by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think their pitching staff is very deep, but they've got three or four guys that that'll go out and compete. But the disappointment for me in this team is the the fact that they've struggled to score the way they have. And if the Cajun starters go out and have their good stuff, and they're not generous, you know. It, App State may have trouble scoring runs this weekend against the Cajun pitching staff, provided the Cajun pitching staff is throwing strikes. Longtime voice of the Cajuns, Mr. Jay Walker, has been our guest here in the Cajuns Corner. Jay, appreciate you as always. Have one hell of a weekend in beautiful Boone, and uh, look forward to chatting it up with you again next week. I look forward to it, too. Thanks for having me. Tune in next week for another edition of Cajun's Corner here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. We'll take a time out, and when we return, we'll wrap up hour number one and get you set for hour number two. Here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Breaking news from Adrian Wojnarowski. Phoenix Suns all-star guard Devin Booker is expected to play against New Orleans in Game 6 tonight. Booker is expected to test the ligament in pregame warm-ups, and assuming all goes well, he'll be back on the floor after missing the past three games. He has been upgraded on the depth chart from out to questionable. 
Interesting. Very intriguing. Can the Pelicans finish it off? I'm sorry, can the Suns finish it off? Or can the Pelicans force a game seven inside the blender tonight? 6.30 on TNT. The draft is going to be tonight. It's going to be crazy. I mean, what a night for the city of New Orleans. The draft and a playoff game on the same night? Not to mention it's a draft that you got two first-round picks in. That hasn't happened in 11 years. And it's funny because the Hornets game 11 years ago, Chris Paul played for the Hornets in. And now he's back in the Smoothie King Center as a member of the Phoenix Suns. Crazy how life works. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two going to be just as stacked. Dale Siri, head coach of Notre Dame Softball, is going to join us. We'll go 16 through 32 on James Mesh's mock draft. And then we're going to make our own first-round draft. You don't want to miss a second of it. Right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles. It is Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Matt Miguez here. James Mesh over there. You somewhere. Welcome to your drive home. Hope it was a good Thursday for you. It's draft night. Pelicans game six. What more would you like? James, is there something else you would like in life for tonight? For the Pels to win. Okay, well, let's not get greedy. You, okay. No. No, I'm pretty satisfied with what we got. Well, we got rolled up tonight. He said, "He said, yeah, you know, the Pels are playing, but if they win, it would be even better." Well, yeah. Thank you, genius. So we can, so we can have another, so we can have Game Seven. Thank you, genius. You're welcome. I appreciate your commentary. Oh, that's what they paid me for, right? (laughs) So that's what they paid me for. Oh man! All right, let's dive back into this mock draft that you put together. Let's go 16 through 32, and we'll start with the Saints. At 16, as they select Evan Neal out of Alabama. Now, this is crazy because some draft boards had Evan Neal in the top five until it was leaked that he failed a physical. So here's my logic. Okay, He failed a physical for one of two things. He's either injured or he's out of shape. One of the two. Okay, mm-hmm. If it's injured, fine. He's not going to play for another four and a half months. Draft him. If he's, if he's out of shape, again, fine. He has four, him into shape. <laughs> he has four and a half months to work with the Saints strength and conditioning staff to get in shape. Draft him. And he's from Alabama. Draft you love, him. You love people from Alabama. If he is sitting there at 16, it is a gift from the good Lord Almighty. Draft him. Point blank, period. I don't give a damn. 
if Willie Beeman was on the draft board. Take him. Point blank. At 17, the Chargers will take Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Surprised that he he's gonna it's gonna wait take this long for him to come off the board. Well, I mean somebody's gotta fall. The you, fact that you the, got a lot of you falling too. I do. I got a lot of people falling and a lot of people rising. That's how it goes last minute. At 18, you have the Eagles taking Jordan Davis from Georgia. That's I, fair. Yeah. That's fair. Fletcher Cox is, he re-signed, but on a one-year deal. I think he got to get somebody who's going to replace him. If not, let's say let's say the Ravens don't pick up Linderbaum. Go get Linderbaum. Yep. Because J- <laughs> Jason Kelsey, he's not getting any younger either. No, he's not. No, he's not. At 19, the Saints take my guy, Chris Olave. Give me the jersey, baby. Give me the jersey. I'm telling you, I will will buy it. If they put it on the NFL shop tonight or tomorrow, I will buy it. I really hope my fiance is not listening right now. Because she's going to say, don't do that. Don't look at the credit card bills. Yeah, don't. (laughs) Don't, don't worry about it. At 20, the Steelers take Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. If Willis don't fall. That's a reach. If Well, that's a reach. The, Steel- the Steelers have done a lot, and I mean a lot of work, looking at these QBs. If, I, and if I, Willis doesn't fall and Pickett doesn't fall, I think Riz- Ritter is he's, the he's, number three. He's the third best option. I agree. And I, I hope that it works out because I am a Desmond Ritter fan. The kid has done everything the right way, played well on the field. Funny enough, he's never seems, lost at home. Seems like a good kid. Like he's done everything the right way. So like I want his NFL career to work out. Not to mention he resonates with the city. Right. He's been he's been described as blue collar. And what is Pittsburgh known for? Being one hundred percent blue collar. Exactly. Um I, and again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he is, you know, a 20th overall pick kind of talent. I just, I'm going to have to see it. I'm going to have to see it. So now I'm going to label that as a stretch, but we'll see. The Patriots at 21 taking Devin Lloyd. Not surprised by this at all. Bill Belichick needs some defensive help. Yeah. And he can always go. He's lost Stefan Gilmore, he's lost JC Jackson to LA. He always seems to get those corners later. Yeah, it's it's never the first round. First round, he takes chances and, at other people, but he's and, always and they, and they turn out to be great. Exactly, they turn out to be great. So I'm not worried. I'm thinking, spend one of your first two picks on getting a linebacker. I thought Nakobe Dean, but Dean is a little smaller than I think Belichick likes. Right, he's only five eleven, whereas right. Devin Lloyd is six three. And he fits more of the prototype, and he fits more in the middle. Nicobe Dean plays in the middle too, but I think Devin Lloyd fits the overall mold a little better. At twenty-two, you have Green Bay taking George Pickens. Now, that, don't get me wrong; that's that's if they even pick a wide receiver, right? Now, don't get me wrong; they need a wide receiver. They do badly. Um, that's interesting, George Pickens. Uh, you see, I could see them taking Sky Moore. At 22. I see Pickens because he's a deep threat, but he's also got the size to go with that speed. Yeah. 
He's not necessarily as elusive, but he's a big body and could be that X because you signed Sammy Watkins, or at least in theory, you would hope that Green Bay signed Sammy Watkins to be the number two. Right. So you make George Pickens your number one, make him your franchise guy. I did see some I did see some things that the Packers are looking to trade up. Yeah. So I could see maybe, them trading up and going to get Wilson, Garrett Wilson. Olave. Yeah. Yep. It'll be interesting. Arizona Cardinals taking Zion Johnson, the interior offensive lineman out of Boston College. Gotta protect Kyler Murray. You do. You gotta really do. Gotta protect Kyler Murray. You got good tackles. The center, he's he's a little older, but he's still really good. The only problem that you have on that line really is on the interior, yeah. the guards. And getting Zion Johnson, that would be a big help. Dallas Cowboys taking Kenyon Green, same situation. you got to have better protection of Dak Prescott. The thing is with that, the right tackle, they got rid of Lyle Collins. Yeah. Right now, it's I don't remember his first name, but it's B. Steele. I think it's Brandon Steele. Like... I've never heard of the guy, and I don't, at least I don't think, this is from obviously an outsider's perspective, but I don't think they would want him necessarily as their starting right tackle day one. Right. They still have decent guard play, and they still have, or they did move on from Travis Frederick. I forgot he had to retire early. But I still think they're a little better on the on the interior. I think they need to work on the exterior. I thought Trevor Penning, but if you've noticed with my He's the trend. If you notice a lot of a lot with the tendency of this draft, it's more of the younger guys in the first round. Yeah. If you notice, like Bernard Raymond, Trevor Penning, Devontae Wyatt, people that I had before, they're not there anymore because they're 23, 24, four, about to turn 25. Yep. They they're, they're a little on the guys. older side, and yep. you can get good value out of them in the second round. For a lot less money. Yep. 25, the first running back comes off the board, Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. I mean, the, the first guy that they drafted with the last name Spiller worked out for him. Yeah, he, he did so, pretty well and then got him for the Saints, and he technically broke a record with the Saints. Yeah, he wasn't that great, though. No, he wasn't. Uh, 26, Tennessee takes Drake Jackson. I mean, again, I, I've said it multiple times. You can't go wrong with an edge rusher. No, and he he's a name that's been popping up more than others. He he's on that he's on that trending up yeah. because you you would have thought he would have gone mid to late second round or earlier in the third, but his name's been popping a lot in a lot of draft rooms. Right. So I expect him to be one of those first five to come off the board as an edge rusher. And At 20- I, I picked him to where a team could use another edge rusher. Yeah, no, for sure. At twenty seven, Tampa takes George Karloftis, the edge rusher from Purdue. He, he kind of just fell into their laps. I've yep. noticed that with a lot of Bucks picks the, recently. The third-ranked edge rusher? Yeah, he's ranked third on some boards. I think the fact that he didn't have a lot of production is what is what kind of had me had him fall. And you're not hearing his name a lot. Right. And I wasn't going to take him out the first round because he just turned 21. He's still a pup. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. So the fact that you didn't the Bucks didn't re-sign and Dominican Sue yet. Yep. So if you have a young Joe Tryon who and they can probably, play edge and they or safety. Won't. Yeah, and they and they might not at this point. He's like five hundred years old. <laughs> but getting George Karloftis a, a good value pick and just let him fall, I mean, mm-hmm. shoot, take him. 
You need you need as much pressure because you still don't have great corners or safeties. They did they did pick up some help at safety, but it's not great. Logan Ryan yep. used to play corner, but he's he's kind of on he's on the back half of his career. So right. All right, we got two minutes to go through the next five. Green Bay takes Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Same same thing same thing as before. Like I said with the Cowboys, but this time I actually did have them taking the tackle because they only have three on roster, and one of them's Bakhtiari. He's not getting any younger either, but he's a good young player as well. Where I don't I don't know if it'll necessarily be Smith. But I'm thinking if they are to stay where they're at, if they get the wide receiver, I've noticed with Gutekunst, they pick usually defense, but getting a tackle would definitely help at 20, build up depth at the line. At 29, the Kansas City Chiefs take Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. I don't like the idea necessarily because you did just sign two receivers this season while you just traded only one away, and you still have Josh Gordon, but they may just not have Josh Gordon even make the team, and they'll just have – five speedy receivers and just let them go crazy and then you come back at 30 again with the chiefs they take kyer alum from florida he, he's i've been told he is supposedly supposed to be the fourth corner taken off the board chiefs need a corner and he reminds me of marcus peters a little bit 31 your afc champ cincinnati Bengals take daxton hill the corner from michigan i really like this kid yeah he's good he's young and not necessarily that he plays nearby, but you need somebody that is a little versatile. Yep. And because he he can play both in the slot and at safety if you really need him to. Yeah, and he did it time and time again at Michigan, which is which is definitely it helps to have that versatility. And then lastly, the Detroit Lions. I mean, you can't go wrong with a national championship when it's safety. No. And I, and I thought I would have more Bulldogs come off the board. I thought maybe we would hit the six or seven mark, but we only hit four. Right. We only we only had four come off. Devontae Wyatt, Nakobe Dean. They didn't they didn't make the cut. Unfortunately, they're a little too old or a little too small. But mm. and they don't feel like they fit the mold necessarily. But Lewisine or Cine, I'm not quite sure how you would pronounce that. I'm not sure but either. Him to pair with Tracy Walker from UL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisiana Raging Cajun. He he looked really well, the, and he even got a player of the week the final week of the season. Week night, week 18. Yeah. Yeah, week 18. He had got a player of the week for the Lions. So I think he's trending in the right direction, getting another young safety to pair with him. That way you hopefully aren't giving up deep passes anymore, and hopefully your corner... What? Where was he from? They They picked him... Oh, Jeff Okuda. Yeah, having him develop even more, yep. have a good young core of of secondary could be beneficial with getting Aiden Hutchinson at two. Right, Tracy Walker's been a beast for them for a couple of years now. So, but yeah, getting getting a getting CNA to pair with him definitely not a definitely not a bad move. God, the, the draft's two hours away. I'm so excited. Not even. Not even at it's this not point. you. You're right. It's less than two hours away. Like I'm so, excited. like a minute, like an hour forty by the so or, or actually about an hour fifty because the the Jags will take their time. Yeah, right. Let's take a time out right here. And when we return, Dale Sari, the head coach of Notre Dame softball, will join us to preview 
their state tournament semifinals matchup tomorrow and a possible shot at a repeat here on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history April 28th 1981 the New Orleans Saints select South Carolina running back and Heisman Trophy winner George Rogers with the first overall choice in the NFL draft. Rogers is one of 17 selections by the Saints. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Notre Dame high softball has been dominant for a very long time. State champs last year looking to repeat as state champs yet again this year. Joining us to preview their semifinal matchup in the state tournament, is Notre Dame softball head coach Dale Seurat. Coach, thanks for taking the time on this Thursday. How are you? I'm doing this fine. Thank you for having me. So, Coach, you know, last year winning the state championship, setting a you know a national record for, for home runs in a single season. Walk us through, you know, this season, building on that to to have the possibility of repeating as state champs once again. Uh, I think it was a little bit, little bit easier this year as far as keeping our girls focused because I had the same, uh, pretty much the same nucleus of girls. Uh, we had a couple, only three new faces, three new freshmen. Uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't as hard as you know keeping our, our focus on just you know playing good softball and ultimately trying to win the last game that we play of the season. So uh, keeping them focused was probably our our, our main. Our main goal, but I think we uh, having having the same faces there for so long made it a lot easier. Now, coach, the you know you, you talked about having the, the same core players on your team from a year ago. When did you know in this season what was the what was the point of the year where you knew okay you know this team's got what it takes to repeat? Oh uh, well, we. I mean, I always knew that. I knew our girls were, you know, were, were good. We were prepared. I knew that we had a shot. I like our chances against anybody we play. Anybody we play. So uh, we set out this season to, you know, to play, play some tough competition, play some five eight teams that was going to push us a little bit, or get pushed around and see how we would respond to it. So uh, I figured, you know, we would we would be pretty good because this is a relaxed bunch. Uh, they don't, you know, they don't hit the panic button sometimes as early as we do as coaches. So I, I kind of knew we've been playing sharp as of late. Uh, so, you know, I liked our chances coming into this season for state. Chatting with Notre Dame head coach Dale Sarah here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Coach, talk to me about some of the leaders of your team. Obviously, you know, Macy Bergeron, she's been committed to LSU since she was an eighth grader just a, a dominant force for you for, for four years now. But, you know, outside outside of Macy, who are some players that, that people need to get familiar with before this weekend? Uh, our whole senior group, uh, you know, of course we have some, some good juniors and uh, underclassmen 
Uh, but our leadership starts with our seniors. Uh, you know, Abigail Sava is another one that's going to, uh, to LSU. It's just been our team captain for the last three years. Uh, you know, she does a really good job of uh, being another coach on the field and kind of, you know, kind of keeping things at bay. Uh, Corinne Poncho has had a special year for us. Uh, she's got 31 home runs, and she's up to her game not only at the plate but in the circle and defensively. Uh, she's another Division One college softball player. Uh, you know, uh, Emma Kate Hinskins is a, is another senior that, uh, that that had to sit out last year for transfers. So she's really getting her opportunity to play in her first state uh, state games in her career. Uh, and then you think about Maddie Merle and Kaylin Henry, which you know often gets overlooked. You know, those two kids have uh, have been solid, 500 hitters, close to 500. Uh, every season, uh, first team players, uh, and and just you know, freshman year combines four strikeouts. Uh, this year, they're really our uh, they're really our engine at the bottom half of our lineup. And most of the time, people focus on the, you know our bigger three, and they you know, and then once you look down at the stat line, you know those two kids are you know three for four, four for four. So uh, our whole senior group does a really good job of that. Now, Coach, talk to me about Holy Savior Menard, your, your opponent tomorrow night. They're a five seed, and looking at the bracket, you know they they score runs at at will. I mean, sixteen in the first round, and then nineteen in the quarters. How how do you guys plan to to combat that and maybe slow down that offense? Yeah, I mean, Menards they they what they are every year. They're well coached. Uh, they're going to come in. They're going to be prepared. They're going to be disciplined. Uh, I think what we do and what we've always done is focus on what we're really good at. And I think when we do that, we do a really good job of uh, minimizing uh, what they're very good at. Uh, I, I don't think that they've faced uh, a pitcher and a defense like what we're going to bring. Uh, I'll be shocked, but it's possible. But, man, we're really not looking forward to him putting up double-digit numbers on uh, on our pitcher and our defense. But uh, – we're prepared for it if we have to get into a, uh, you know, into a battle with them. But every year they're going to be uh, year in and year out. They're going to be making a push for the state state title too. Coach, you know, I, looking at looking ahead, you know, if if you were able to beat Holy Savior Menard, you know, you, you've had battles with with St. Charles and Homa Christian both in the past. What what could you expect out out of that if it comes to that? I don't know much about Homer Christian. Uh, I, I followed them last year, and they were actually a team that I had been kind of keeping an eye on, and I thought that they would, you know, I thought they would make it to the state finals last year, and I was actually thinking we would play them in the semifinals. So uh, I've done a little homework on them. I kind of know a little bit about them without you know without digging in uh, too deep. Uh, I'll get a better idea tomorrow when I get a chance to scout them. Uh, St. Charles, we played them last year in the semis. I watched them a little bit this year. Uh, you know, so we have a pretty good idea about them. I think we'll uh, I think we'll be fine with uh, – I really, really trust our, our offense. I trust our girls. Uh, so I felt like uh, this year the things we've done, the games they played, the competition that we've played to prepare them, uh, I think we'll be prepared for either one of them, uh, mentally and physically. All right, coach, I got one more for you. You know, you, you talked about 
the, the senior group and how you've had these girls with you for the last four years and just talk about, you know, your growth as a coach over the years, you know, with this same group, with these same leaders, you know, how has that helped you develop as, as a better coach year in and year out? Well, I mean, this group challenges you uh, sometimes in the toughest ways. Uh, you know, so a lot of these girls put extended ball, so that helps too. Uh, and, and sometimes it can, you know, it can hurt them too because we we also want them to understand as a coach, I want them to understand that, you know, softball is just something we do. It's not who we are. Uh, and it's something that they do, and it's not who they are. So, uh, you know, challenging them as players day in and day out, uh, you know, you, you have to challenge some of these girls, uh, pretty much all of them, the senior group, because they're always hungry to get better. Uh, they're hungry to learn more. So it forces you as a coach to uh, to get better, uh, you know, work on your communication, work on, uh, you know, work on how you respond to things, work on, uh, you know, making sure they understand that you love them and you, you appreciate them. So uh, they've, you know, over these four years, these girls have uh, – you know, have done a really, really exceptional job, uh, not only on the field, uh, but with me, you know, uh, personally, you know, these wins, they don't, you know, they don't go to me. I'm the head coach. They fall under that column, but uh, these girls, uh, you know, they've earned those wins. Head coach Dale Seurat has been our guest. Coach, appreciate you taking the time. Love the mindset. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at Bluefield 4 of the St. Julian Sports Complex. Once again, appreciate you taking the time, and good luck this weekend. All right, thank you. I appreciate you covering our girls. Head coach Dale Seurat. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, Mesh and I are going to build our own mock draft. First round, obviously. We would be here for an eternity if we did all seven. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles at a Southwest Louisiana's sports station. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just washed your hair. You know, I worked on my hair a long time and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Houston Astros take on the Texas Rangers on Saturday, May 21st, and you can be there. Richard in the Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a ballpark tour, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian Houston downtown, and the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Let's update the poll question. Who's your first pick of the game draft? So far, 17% say Miguez, 17% say Mesh, 28% say five names, and 39% say RP3. Comment from Caleb Broussard. Well, given the team needs probably RP3, LOL. But if the Saints draft a quarterback and Pels lose tonight, this could be one of the worst nights in NOLA sports history. Well, Caleb, you are not wrong, my sir. You are not wrong. That would be horrendous. Let's go to the game hotline. Chris joins the show. What's going on, Chris? Hey, buddy. Happy draft day to all. You know, I, I've always been intrigued by this NFL draft from from years and years ago. Um, 
Just curious, man, what are some of y'all favorite draft day memories? I want to throw one out there. You remember when uh, Ricky Williams was with the Saints and Deuce McAllister fell, and um, and the Saints took Deuce McAllister. I think we all kind of had the idea that Ricky Williams was on his way out of New Orleans at that point. But uh, just like to hear some of your favorite memories real quick. And and give my prediction. I I think the Saints are going to trade up uh, one of those first round picks and a second round pick. And I think I think uh, they're going to take the offensive lineman of their choice. Maybe it's the guy from Alabama. I don't know. But uh, anyway, hope y'all have a great evening. And who that? Thanks, Chris. You know, if if they want Evan Neal from Alabama, I don't know if they're going to have to trade up. I really don't. But usually you see if it's early teens. I mean, we only got. I mean, got to trade up three picks. If you only got to trade up three spots, then fine. I'm not trading into the top ten. No, for him, there's too many tackles. You could you could get a serviceable tackle in the teens. I mean, yeah. Would I love Charles Cross or Evan Neal? Absolutely. But am I am I going to give away my second, third, and then a third next year to do it? No, no, I'm not. Um, favorite draft memory. So I'm Reggie Bush was was exciting because of what he did at USC. Didn't really work out, but <laughs> um, probably my favorite pick that has worked out was when we were able to snag Mark Ingram. That that made me really happy. Mine's always been Marshawn. Yeah. Uh, I have the Camaro jersey on, and I grew to love him really quickly. See, but initially I was like, oh, he's just another running back. I grew to love Camaro too, but, man, I, I don't know if it's the fact that I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to SEC football back then or especially, or, or especially Tennessee. Tennessee football. Yeah, No, one, no man, one's paying attention to when, that. When we drafted him, I said, who the hell is that guy? Why you got another one? You just got who's, Adrian Peterson. Who's Who's that guy? But, I mean, clearly it's worked out for us. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, but, glad, uh, I'm glad the pick worked out. All right, James, let's do it. Yes. Let's, let's do our mock draft. All right. You have it set? Yeah, I do. All right, cool. Uh, Jacksonville is on the clocks. Yes, and that's me. It is you. I'm going to take Aiden Hutchinson. Let's just keep it really easy. Aiden Hutchinson. Okay. Detroit, that's me. Right? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw a wrench in it. Sauce Gardner. Oh, Okay. Sauce Gardner, wow! All right, so wait, can can we talk about this? What pick three? Houston team needs yeah every, every position. position. You never seen that? <laughs> no, God, that's horrible. All right, what you got? Well, you're the Texans. Oh, I am. Okay, um, I'm gonna go Ekwonwu. Oh, okay, Ekwonwu. That's fair. I have the Jets. I. All right, so, all right, give me, give me Kayvon Thibodeau. Ooh, fancy, fancy. Okay, and I will then take Charles Cross. Charles Cross. Okay. At five, I've got Carolina. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm if you're gonna, the Panthers, who are you taking? I'm gonna stick with this. That they're gonna take Kenny Pickett. You're taking Kenny Pickett here. Yeah. Now I have to search him up because <laughs> he's so far. Yeah, he's ranked forty second. Yeah, his ADP, Crazy. his ADP is twenty five. Crazy. Well, that's because people have like a second round grade, but we'll pick him as fast as six. 
All right, so, so I have, have the Giants. Giants. Give me Stingley. Er, yeah, give me Stingley. Stingley. Okay, and you have, I have Falcons as well. If I'm the Falcons, I really, I mean, if I'm the Falcons, I would wait. I would just grab. Where is he? Mm. Who are you grabbing? Give me. Give me Jameson. James Williams? Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, Seattle. That's you. They're going Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker? If he's still on the board at nine, yeah. they better. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. If you're going to stick with the pick. The Jets? Who you got? Jets. So, I already grabbed Kayvon Thibodeau. Wide receiver is really nice, but there's probably one that'll fall to me in the second round. Give me Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton, okay. Um, so we're doing no trades. Yeah, the, we're just yeah, straight okay. up, straight up. Okay, because we because um, we can't like communicate. We're not on the same server. Right. right. Um, Washington. They're gonna go Drake London. You're gonna go Drake London with this one? Yeah. That'd like, be that'd be interesting because if if you were to go Garrett Wilson here, you you would have your top three receivers all be Ohio State. Right. And I've got Minnesota as well. They need a corner. They're going to take Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie. Okay. You also have the Texans. I have the Texans. Um, they're going to go Karloftis. I think. George Karloftis here? Yeah. And with the Texans? Yeah. Okay. So, pick 14, Baltimore. That's me again. Jesus. Um... Linderbaum. I convinced you. Linderbaum. Yeah. <laughs> Eagles, that's me. Yeah. Uh let's see. So Jameson's not there. So give me Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. All right, so now we're at the Saints. And you got a slew of picks right here. You go Evan Neal, you can go Bernard Raymond, Chris Olave. Jordan Davis. You could steal Malik Willis here if you really wanted to. I mean, there. Um, you got to go Evan Neal, right? You got to. Yeah, I mean, he's fallen this far. Uh, the Chargers, that's you. Chargers, give me... Chargers, give me Chris Olave. No. Give me, give me more firepower on offense. No, you stole them from the Saints. <laughs> no. All right, Eagles. Oh, that's me. Uh, mm. give me, give me, give me Jordan Davis. Well, I, oh, too late. I'll take Jordan, Jordan Davis. Davis. I was gonna take a linebacker and be different, but since since I'm the Eagles GM at that point. All right, nineteen. Because we're moving faster with this than we thought, so let's just keep going. Um, at 19, so you've already taken a tackle if you're the Saints. Chris Olave came off the board. George Pickens is still there. Yeah, I think he, he and Michael Thomas are too similar, though. I think they're a little too similar. Uh, I mean, that's the whole thing with <laughs> Jarvis Landry. He, he, 
I want a fast, deep threat. Give me Sky Moore. Sky Moore? Okay. 20 is Pittsburgh. That's you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Give me... Hmm. Give me Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson. The fact that he's falling. If he falls this far, that's unreal. Yeah. I'll definitely take Jermaine. I have Pats as well. Yeah. Uh, give me, give me Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd, like him. Okay, you have Green Bay as well. All right, I'm Green Bay. Let me get my wide receiver out the way. Give me George Pickens. George Pickens, good call. Good call. Uh, I also Arizona. have the Cardinals. Yeah, that's you. So with the Cardinals, I definitely like the idea of getting Zion Johnson. So. Okay. I'll knock that out. And then Dallas is going to take Devontae Wyatt if he's still there. You're Dallas? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Buffalo? That's me. If I'm Buffalo, not really a lot of worries. I, myself, would take Elam. I would take Kair Elam. I could, I could, running backs are so serviceable, I could wait. Yeah. 26, Tennessee, that's me. Um, They need an edge rusher, and I could honestly see N'Kobe Dean playing that in the league. So you think they would move him to outside? I could see that. Interesting. So you're going to take N'Kobe Dean? I, th- I think he's a fast middle linebacker. So I think they can He is very to, fast. I think they could move him to the outside if they needed that. All right, so that's the Titans pick. Bucks, that's you. Bucks is me. Who is fallen? Hmm. If I'm the Bucks, I like the idea. Let's see, Tom. Tom, I could get a running back, and I get a wide receiver later. Offensive line. Not too bad. What really worries me is those edges and the secondary. I want to grab. I want to grab Lewisine. Lewisine, okay. Green Bay, that's also you. I shall take for Green Bay. They need a lineman. They do need a lineman. They also need linebacker and edge. But more of a middle linebacker. If you would have left Nicobe Dean, I would have taken him just because. Just because I could use one, even though it's he's a little shorter. Oh, well. I will grab, because I saw him earlier, and I actually like him. I'm going to take Leo Chennault, linebacker out of Wisconsin. Leo Chennault, okay. Kansas City, that's me. Um, Kansas City needs a corner, so I'm going to take Andrew Booth. And then at thirty, they need they could use another receiver, but honestly, I don't know if I would take any. I don't know if I would take a receiver here. I would go D line. Give me Travis Jones. Travis Jones, out of Connecticut. Yeah, Cincy. That's also me. Yes. Um, Guard and center. Are their team needs? 
Which those aren't even that big of team needs. They're really not. Um... <clears throat> I don't like any of them. I really don't. I mean, I just feel you could like grab you're... Daxton Hill, or you could, or you could hit more on the edge rusher. Where do you see Daxton Hill? Oh, I see him. Thirty-three. Yeah, give me, I'll do that. Daxton, Daxton Hill out of Michigan, and then Detroit. That's that's you. me, Malik Willis. I was gonna say. I feel like. Get that fifth-year option, let him fall the way to you at 32 when Malik. people are saying you could get him at two. Malik Willis. There it is. All right. So. What what a first round, huh? That was a, that was a very interesting first round, let me tell you. I'd... So, Aiden Hutchinson, one. Ama Gardner, two. Iki Ekwanwu to the Texans at three. Kayvon Thibodeau to the Jets at four. Charles Cross to the Giants at five. Kenny Pickett, six to the Panthers. Stingley Jr., to the Giants at 7. Jamison Williams to the Falcons at 8. Trayvon Walker falls to the Seahawks at 9. Kyle Hamilton at 10 to the Jets. Drake London will play for the Commanders. Trent McDuffie will go to the Vikings. George Karloftis will play for the Texans. Tyler Linderbaum will be the new center for the Ravens. Garrett Wilson will be the third receiver off the board and will go to the Eagles. Evan Neal falls to the Saints at 16. Then we got at 17, Chris Olave to the Chargers. Jordan Davis goes to the Eagles at 18. Sky Moore to the Saints at 19. Jermaine Johnson, 20 to the Steelers. Devin Lloyd will play for the Patriots. George Pickens will be, the, will be another receiver off the board and will go to the Packers. Zion Jones will help protect Kyler Murray for the Cardinals. Devontae Wyatt's going to play for the Cowboys. Kyer Elam for the Bills. At 26, it's going to be N'Kobe Dean to the Titans. That one really shook me. And then Lewis Seen for yep. the, the Bucks, Leo Chanel for the Packers, Andrew Booth for the Chiefs, same thing with Travis Jones, Daxton Hill to the Bengals, and to finish it off, Malik Willis. Evan Neal and Sky Moore I'd be okay with. I'd really rather either Wilson or Olave, but if they're both gone – and you don't have the possible trade partners to trade up to grab one of them, then that's fine. We'll take a time out. When we come back, we'll talk some Pels. We'll get you out of here. Get you going to the draft. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Let's update the poll question real quick. A couple minutes before we get out of here. Who's your first round draft pick in the game's draft? So far, 15% say Miguez, 15% say Mesh, 30% say five names, and 40% say RP3 on the O-line. Got a couple comments. JBK, the OD, says RP3 slash O-line. You build from the ground up. He's a big man and the comic relief. That's fair. That's fair. And then Ton comes in. The only time I've heard of RP3 moving fast and agile is at a buffet. Give me five names at DB. She scares me a bit. She is she is quite intimidating. She she is a little scary. Mock draft is made. We'll come back tomorrow and tell you how many we got right. Probably not very many, but we'll see. The Pelicans tonight, 6.30 tip-off from the Smoothie King Center. Game 6, Devin Booker supposedly going to be back in the lineup. How does that change Willie Green's game plan? Can the Pelicans force a Game 7? Or will the Phoenix Suns just be too much to handle for this Pelican squad and the train stops here. 
if that's the case, what a hell of a season for first-year head coach Willie Green. What a job. Got to be in consideration for Coach of the Year. No question about it. I want to take this opportunity to thank Jay Walker for joining us for Cajun's Corner and Notre Dame softball head coach Dale Seurat for joining us to preview his matchup with Holy Savior Menard tomorrow in the state semifinals. The draft starts at 7. Pelicans start at 6.30. You might need more than one TV tonight or a computer and a TV or a tablet and a TV or something. Have some kind of crazy setup. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe. Be well. Hug your mom and them. Stay calm tonight. And we'll talk to y'all tomorrow. We'll recap round one and get you set for round two and three. Here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. This is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.